Welcome to A Champion's Mind with your host, Mario Aroyave. Some say the sky's the limit. It isn't. The limit is in your mind. You believe that or else you would not be listening to this podcast. You believe that you could do more. You believe that you can perform at a higher level than you currently are. You are absolutely right. Thanks for being open-minded and allowing this podcast to help you develop a champion's mind. In this podcast, we'll discuss and hear about some mental strategies we can implement to help you achieve your utmost performance. If you feel like you're not performing at your true potential, this podcast will look to give you the keys that can open that lock. So the jujitsu, let's kind of transition here. The jujitsu got you kind of moving towards MMA, but it wasn't necessarily the what what was the you said it earlier, but go ahead and repeat it. What was the thing that got you kind of transitioning over thinking MMA? Like uh, oh, at some yeah. point. So yeah, I'd, I'd been you know I trained and competed for three years in jujitsu, and I, I just kind of came to a crossroads where like I hit a point in life where there was a transitional stage at my academy, change up of you know coaches. My jobs were all piling on top of each other. I was like, I'm not making any money, and I'm I'm really trying to just focus on training, and and it's not working out. And then I started living out of my car, you know, staying out of my car for a little bit, and then just everything was kind of like in a transition mode. And so I was like, you know what? I had heard about um, I had, through a series of connections. I had a connection at at NorCal Fighting Alliance too, through my sister-in-law, my sister-in-law's family. It's a it's a long story, but um, <laughs> there's a brown belt that trains there, and he's so tough. His name is Nasty Nate Ducharme. They call him Nasty because his submissions are so nasty. <laughs> but he's like <laughs> the awesomest guy ever. Like we'll give you the shirt off his back if you if you need it. But yeah, you just don't want him be on it. You don't, don't want to have to fight him for exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. So I had heard about and it just this school how tough they are under David Terrell and nasty Nate Ducharme and Andy Miranda, Jacob Hardgrove, like all these guys, they're so high level. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go test it out. I'm going to go up for a week and see what happens. And, you know, just see if I want to start, you know, if I just want to have a new adventure. And so I went up and visited for a week. And I remember I was rolling with one of their teenagers and their teenager tapped me out. And I was like, that doesn't happen. And... (laughs) That messed with my mind a little bit, you know. I was like, holy smokes, even their teenagers here are really tough. And now he's not a, a teenager anymore. He's a, a young man. He's actually um, uh, fighting for a title tomorrow. His name is uh, Guardfather is what we call him. So, uh, but anyways, okay. um, so, yeah, he's they're just such high level, high level there. So I went that week. I came back, and I was like, I got to get back up there and train. If I train with these guys and I become as, as tough as them, then – that will I'll just be doing good. So I moved up there. I just took everything in in my car and headed up there. And they helped me out. They helped get me settled. And so and they're primarily MMA. Before in Texas, I, I trained gi jiu-jitsu and no gi. So it was just you know strictly um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Here they're more focused on MMA. So they don't do the gi, but it's no gi. And so uh, they had a couple fighters that were in the UFC. And so I knew it was a good place to train for MMA. And when I moved up there, my boxing did not look good. So the boxing coach there, Raul Guerra, he kind of came around and just really helped me out. He helped build up my hands, just kind of um, 
took me under his wing and, and built up my, my boxing game. That was a huge missing link, obviously, needing that I needed to go into MMA. Uh, I moved up there February 2012, and I took my first amateur fight. I cannot remember if it was May or June, but it was not sanctioned, so you won't see it on the official record. It was unsanctioned at an Indian casino because we had a hard okay. time. We had a hard time finding someone because uh, Terrell's, Terrell's school's reputation is so tough that either. I was going to get matched with someone that was way beyond my experience or I couldn't find anyone. So we did this fight uh, in an Indian casino up in Arcata and it was a, this against this um, girl who was 215 pounds. She was, uh, wow. In, in, yeah. So, but she had, she was more of a brawler. So they're like, you can, that'll be perfect for you to utilize your skill, what you've learned and try to use your skill to beat her, you know, right. and not brawl her, you know? So, so that was either in, in May or June of 2012. And talk about nerves. It's, mm-hmm. you know, when you're, when you're about to go out there, you're just like, you, and how I deal with it is, you know, you have to think about what you're going to do, not what can happen. Like, you know, because anything can happen. You can, you know, hesitate or, you know, give up a position and give them the advantage or whatever. You just have to think of what your plan is, what you're going to do, and go in with confidence. And but I was, I was, I was very nervous and I, I always am really nervous walking into the fight. And then as soon as they say fight, as soon as it starts, all that goes out the window because then you just go back to all your training. And that's why putting time on the mats is so important and sparring, being familiar with, with being in the cage and getting that sparring time in it, because as soon as they say start, you're back there. It's like you're back in your academy. And so that was a really good first fight experience for me because I, I got to utilize strategy and um, my coaches really did a good job getting me ready as as far as a, a game plan. And um, I ended up winning that one. And then I had two more amateurs that same year. And then June of 2013, we decided I would go pro. I took my pro debut in June of 2013 and was able to win that one. And then um, training for my second pro fight uh in March of 2014 I had some issues I developed some concussions and so I had to take some time off and at this point I didn't really know um because it had been taking a while to start making money I still wasn't making money with it because I just taken my first pro debut you don't get paid as uh-huh. an amateur you get paid as a pro and you know when you're starting out the bottom you're not really you're making pocket change you know so right um, so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, uh, I'll take a year off and, you know, let my concussion heal or, you know, the problems going on and, um, focus on getting a job. Cause by that point I was 30 and I was like, you know what, it's not as cool living out of your car when you're 30 <laughs> <laughs> as it is when you're in your twenties, it's more of a cool story, but you know, you don't want to continue, you know, just trying to scrape by. So I was like, you know what, I probably need to start working on student loans start working on, you know, getting a job. So I focused on getting a job. I actually thought I was probably going to be done fighting. I got my job at the Marin County Jail. That's where, that's where I work now. So, and I just start focusing on that. But then I just, I just kind of like the situational, situational life, just kind of, I went through like a tough breakup and had a couple of tough situations going on in my life. And so that kind of drove me back to training hard and needing to train some for something, you know? So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take another fight and see what happens. And I'll try to balance it with a full-time job. And 
and just see where it goes. I'll just take one fight at a time. So I took another fight. I trained for it, and it, it was very healing. I just think, you know, God used that in my life to just kind of take me out of my situation, take me away from the focus of, you know, the problems going on, and just help me move forward in life as well as in my yeah. journey with, with mixed martial arts, you know? So that was all. I, I took that fight in uh, um, Colorado for a title for, for 135, and that was uh, July 2014. July 2015, my bad. And I ended up winning that one, and that just lit the fire all over again. I was like, yep, okay, I'm, I'm going to take another fight, and I'm just going to continue doing this one fight at a time and just see where it goes. And then I took my third professional fight for another title, but this time at 145 instead of 135. My manager, I talked about doing that to kind of make me more marketable so I could hold, you know, if I won that one, I would have a title at both weight classes and I could maybe, you know, jump a couple steps and try to get advanced to a higher organization faster. So I ended up winning that one. We were looking at a fight with Legacy after that, and I was going to fight this girl, Valentina Sheshechnov. I, I totally butchered that last name. I was supposed to fight her for the title that Holly Holm vacated when she went to the UFC. And so Legacy is kind of like a stepping stone to the UFC. Um, okay. Dana White Dana White will pull fighters from from there. He'll he'll look at there, Bellator, you know, Invicta. So those are like kind of the stepping stones to to getting looked at by the UFC. So okay. this girl, Valentina, she had like a sixty and two Muay Thai record. She was like some 16-time world champion in Muay Thai. She's been fighting since she was a kid, or training since she was a kid. Just like her stats were ridiculous. She was like 11-1 and MMA, 9-1 and officially. So I was like, I knew I was like going way out of my experience level, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take the fight, have a good strategy, and just bring it the best I can. So we took that. That was supposed to happen in um, January, so I took it in, in uh, December. And I knew that was going to be a, a big jumping stone because I, I was only 3-0 and at that point. But then she got an opportunity to go into the UFC. The, Sarah Kaufman, who fights in the UFC, her opponent uh-huh. got injured eight days out from the fight. So Valentina took the opportunity to step in on last-minute notice and fight Sarah Kaufman. So that scratched the fight, and that kind of took the wind out of my sails for a little bit because, uh, yeah. you know, it kind of started back. Square one where uh, we we booked a, a fight with um, GKO, uh, Global Knockout, it was just kind of like another organization in California, and so okay. I was like, you know what, I'll just I'll just now focus on building up my record so I can get looked at by Legacy or Bellator again or something like that. So I took that, and that was supposed to be at the end of March, right when I was about to start my training camp for that fight. You want to start your camp like six to eight weeks out, and I was about to start that fight camp. And previous to that, I've been kind of like working a bunch of shift trades so that I can utilize those later and get time off closer to my fight in, in March. So I'd right. just come off like an 80-hour work week because of some trades I'd worked out and some overtime. I came off the 80-hour work week. I worked my regular shifts. And then on a Friday, my manager called me and was like, hey, do you want to fight in nine days? And I was like, uh I was like, well, wait, he's like 135, and I was like, probably not, because at the time, I was 155. I just I wasn't able to, like, put in the work, you know, keep in shape. Sure, I was yeah. focused on, on, on work, and uh, so I was like, well, that's 20 pounds. I, I'm like, probably not, and he's like, it's for the UFC. I was like, well, 
I'll make it happen. <laughs> so <laughs> like, let's do it. Let's just do it. Like you don't know until you try, you know? So, so I knew my opponent was Lauren Murphy. I just didn't know. I didn't know much about her, but I was like, you know what, whoever it is, I, I will, uh, just, uh, adjust to it, you know, uh, rise to the occasion. So I cut 20 pounds that week and weighed in Saturday, fought Sunday, got fight of the night. It was crazy. I, I lost the fight, but I learned a lot from it. It was kind of one of those things where if I didn't take the opportunity, I didn't know if it would come back around again. You know, it was either then or maybe never, you know, crazy ride. So yeah, that, uh, I got fight of the night on that fight and I got, that enabled me to get, um, a contract with the UFC. So I have three more so I can get back in there and, and redeem myself and show them what I can do on an actual fight camp. I read some articles. Again, I was when uh, you and I started first chatting to, to set up this interview and, and like you told me that and I was like, holy cow, this is so awesome, right? Like, you know, and so I'm telling people, I know somebody who's going to be fighting in the UFC this weekend, you know, it's going to be awesome, right? And, and so I read some stuff on that, but we'll, let, let's get to, we'll talk a little bit more about that fight in a second, but I do want to come back to something because I think this is absolutely huge and here it is. You said when you got into your 30s, it became more of a badge of shame, but you're living out of your car. You're working four part-time jobs at one point just to and, – and, here, and, and, and here's the reason you gave. You said, I wanted my schedule to be what I needed it to be in order to be able to train. I wanted my schedule to be what I needed it to be in order for me to get to these competitions. Man, I just – there are not enough people that are willing to do that right there. There are not enough people that are willing to say, you know what, as, as silly as this may sound to everybody around me, here's what I want. I want to be the best fighter that I can be. And I'm going to live out of my car to do that. And I'm going to work four part-time jobs at a time to do that, you know, and, you know, I'm going to work uh, an 80 hour week, you know, and pick up all of these shifts so that when it's time for me to train, I have the time off to do that. You know, in case anybody listening missed that, like you're laser focused to the fact that fighting was everything and everything else needed to fit like a puzzle piece into the fighting piece. Yeah. You know, that was the main thing because because, you know, I think I think a lot of people, they, you know, they, they get it backwards. They make the they, they, they set up the life and they set up the job and they set up all these other things. And then they go, yeah, you know, it'd be kind of nice for me to be able to do that. And then they give spare time to that. Right. They're getting some kind of, you know, pleasure and enjoyment out of that activity, but not nearly as much. The fact that you were opposite of that. The fact that you had a passion for something and you were able to to, to just chase after it uh, with everything that you had, I think is um, it, it, you know it, it needs to be applauded for sure, and it's it's a huge part of the reason why you've been able to be so successful. There is a caveat to that, though, and I will say this, you know, a lot of people think it's cool to live out of their car and they have no purpose. Right. Yeah. So like a lot of people like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to be a professional you know, surfer. <laughs> I'm going to go move out to California and I'm just going to live out of my car. But here's mm -hmm. the deal. They're just catching waves every now and then they're laying yeah. on the beach. They're just kind of hanging out. Right. They're not going, oh, I'm on the clock. I've got time off right now. I better get in the gym. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, I've got I've got time off right now. Like I better get in the water and I better work on my skills to become a better surfer. Right. They're just it's cool to live out of the car and, quote unquote, live the dream. But are you really actually putting 
120% into living the dream. And, you know, from, from what you've told me so far, I mean, man, you're, you're all in like you're, and you're doing some crazy things to be able to do that. Talk to me about this. Cause I was going to ask it anyways, you're doing all of these things, right? You're well, you're, you're a female. Like you said, you know, there wasn't a lot of females involved in jujitsu when you first kind of got involved. Talk to me about, did you have people that doubted you in this? I mean, how did people react when you're telling them like, Hey, Kelly, what's up? What are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm living out of the car. Uh, I'm going to move to California, I think, and go train at this, at this uh, facility with these guys that are just unbelievable. Uh, I mean, what, was, what were some of the reactions you got there, good and bad? I mean, give us examples of both. Hard for people to understand that don't understand the lifestyle. So I got you know, support from people that understood what it takes to compete in jiu-jitsu and try to make it to the top, you know? A lot of it was a lot, some people thought I was just like, you know, when I first started, they're like, oh, look, she found a hobby that, you know, <laughs> it's a cute hobby, you know, but like, seriously, like you need to be financially responsible, you know? So that was always a thing I was trying to balance. Like I didn't want my lifestyle to be a burden on anybody else or, you know, even my parents, cause I know they worry, you know, they worried and they just wouldn't, they wanted to see me kind of like move forward in my life. And I know for them, it looked differently, you know? And, you know, yeah. here I am, I graduated college and I'm like seemingly taking steps back financially, but it's toward a goal that, you know, right. at times only I could see. And, and, and like you said, part of the mental game is, you know, being able to push through failure because I failed a lot and, uh, but also through self-doubt because I doubted myself a lot too. Like there's times when I was like, dude, should I be giving up on this? Like, should I, should I really, I need to move on because like I do need to be an adult and stuff like that. So a lot of it was at the points where I was like, I'll never make this happen. I'm starting too late. You know, I started when I was 25 or, or, you know, I can never make it to the UFC, like training with a full-time job again and trying to keep up with a full-time job, being a part-time fighter, trying to live as a full-time fighter and then keeping up with these girls who train and fight full-time. Like, you know, there are people that be like, well, is UFC your goal? And I'm like, I mean, that would be awesome, but it's probably not going to happen, you know? So you know, so there are times where I really did doubt myself and I'd have to regroup or, you know, check my focus and just be like, you know, put in the work. And that's all you can do is just put in the work, train hard and just take every opportunity, you know, because you don't know how it's going to play out. But, yeah, uh, when I moved out to California, I had, you know, everyone, everyone that, that truly cared about me supported me, even if they didn't understand or agree with what I was doing. And they're just, you know, they're like, oh, Kelly's going to go try this. <laughs> we'll see what happens. You know, people and the people that in my life that know me, they know that I, you know, I kind of just take things a step at a time and I'll reevaluate, you know, several months down the road and come up with another decision or, you know, see, see, see what the status is and, and make a play from there, you know. So by that point in my life, people kind of knew I was fully committed and, you know, supported me in, in my decisions. It's been amazing feeling the support, even just from this last fight, just the people that have come out of the woodwork to support me and encourage me and stuff like that. It's been, it's been awesome. It's been a journey pushing through that both failure and the self-doubt and just sometimes, regardless of what you're feeling, you just have to act, just have to produce action, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, one of the one of the quotes that I that I like that I that I read the other day was, you know, the world is full of experts that have been proven wrong, you know. Yeah. Um and and like you said, I think you made a really good point, you know. Um 
you had, for the most part, you said you had positive support by like the guys and, and girls up in the gym in, in Northern California mm-hmm. that just, they've seen probably, you know, people similar to you come through there and make something of themselves. They know that they know the game, they know, you know, what it takes, but they had some knowledge coming in. And, you know, a lot of times I agree, I'm an athlete still myself and I am misunderstood by people outside of my circles. You know, I mean, my wife, you know, my wife and kids see it and they, they appreciate it. But, you know, outside of that, sometimes it's hard. They're like, oh, you're a bike rider. That's nice. And they have no idea. They have no idea what goes into that. They have no idea the day-to-day training that goes into that you know, myself with a full-time job as well. So it, it's hard for people that don't really understand, which I think that's why one of the one of the mental principles, and you've talked about it already, that's so huge is, here's the deal. One person needs to be convinced, and that one person is me, you know? And yeah. as long as I'm convinced of this, and as long as I, you know, feel that this is the way that I need to go, this is where my passion is leading me, this is what I am capable of, that is all that matters. We're all systems go at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's tough. I mean, I've spoken to some people before. It, it, they they almost kind of take a step back and look at me kind of weird, but sometimes I have to tell them, I have to say, hey, listen, I'm not trying to tell you to be disrespectful towards them, but, you know, if your parents aren't on board with what your passion is and you really truly feel that you're going about this the right way, you, you need to keep moving and, uh, and, and eventually, hopefully, they come around and start supporting you in that, you know? But, uh, but you know, we, we, can't, we can't be around negative people that are, that are trying to detract us from our goal. Uh, eventually, they will win out and they will begin to have us begin to doubt ourselves, you know? Uh, we already have enough, like you said, you know, we already have enough problems as it is trying to, <laughs> trying to help ourselves out of some holes sometimes. And so we don't need anybody else trying to drag us down because yeah. sometimes when things get hard, we start, we drag our own selves down, you know? And, but yeah, so, you know, the support that, that comes out there. And then of course, you know, like you said, all of a sudden, you know, you start achieving some things and people start coming up beside you and they support you and everything. And that's great and that's good and all. I'm not taking anything away from that, but you know, you're sitting there going, guys, I knew I had this, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been with me all the time, right? <laughs> like, so anyhow, that, you know, that's, that's awesome that, uh, you know, that you've continued to persevere even through the downs because, because here you are. And, and, you know, and I, and I don't think you have delusions of grandeur either to know that there's probably some more downs right around the corner, but Hey, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll, when we get there, you know, we'll get there. You talked about, and you said this a while back here, uh, you talked about the fact that when they say fight or when you're walking out and you're anxious and you're nervous, one of the things that you do is you focus and start thinking about what you want to do during that fight. And you talked about, I believe you did mention the word process, which is, mm-hmm. which is huge. So talk to me about that, right? Like, how, how does that all work? And I know that your opponents are different, so I know it may look differently in terms of what you're trying to accomplish, but just an overview of what, you know, what you're, what you meant, what you meant when you said that. Yeah. Um, and actually this question brings back uh, a point I wanted to bring up from earlier, like the nerves dealing with the nerves before the fight and everything and, and processing through that mentally. It's crazy too, like how for different sports you deal with it differently. Like jujitsu tournaments, I get, almost more nervous for those than I do for my MMA fights. And it's okay. like, and I'm like, I'm, I try to process through that. Like why? Cause like jujitsu is the thing I've been doing the longest. And so why would it? And I think a lot of it is just 
the way you're able to prepare for MMA. Like MMA, you have your opponent. You know about your opponent for six to eight weeks ahead of time. So you could come up with a strategy. You study their strengths, their weaknesses. Then you know your strengths and your weaknesses, and then you come up with a plan, you know? And so that's your your focus. With jujitsu, it's like, okay, you're going to get called up. You have no idea how many people are going to be in your bracket. And this is also the thing that's supposed to be my strength, too. So it's the thing that I that I want to be more of an, like, I want to be an expert in both, but it's it's like my expertise or, you know, the thing sure. I really like. And so, you know, I feel like maybe there's more on the line or something like that. So so for jujitsu, and you don't know who you're going to go against, what their strategy is, what their strengths are. You just go out there and, and, you, and you do it, you know. So a lot of dealing with both aspects of those competitions is knowing you put in the work to be ready, you know. Like jujitsu tournaments, you know that you've been put in the worst positions with your with your training partners and you know how to get out. Knowing that you know how to get out of like the worst scenario that builds confidence. You're like, okay, I got this, you know. And just not doubting your abilities and going in and just being like, hey, I know what I know, so I can't learn anything new right now. So just go in there and do what I know, and 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 you'll be you'll be fine. So that's a huge aspect of of me dealing with nerves is just um, knowing I did everything to prepare for it, everything that I could do to prepare for it. And then yeah, with with MMA walking out there because I get I do I get nervous because when you're sitting there before the fight especially if you have fights before yours and you hear people cheering and, you know, you hear the outcomes of theirs and you start thinking about what could happen during your fight, you know, stuff like that. You just can't let your mind build your opponent or the situation into something more of a monster than it really is. You know, in the end, you're going out there and you're doing what you do every day when you go train. It's just, it's another practice. I mean, it's more than a practice but you know what you're doing. So when you go out there and, you know, you have all these nerves and there's people and the environment's a little different, as soon as you step in on the mats or into the cage and they say fight, then you go right back to your gym. Like you've been there before, you know, there's nothing that this person's going to be able to do that you haven't at least experienced once in your academy, you know? Yeah, and you've, you've said it twice now. You've said you're right back in the gym. You just said it and then you said it earlier. And I was like, man, that I mean, I mean, that's huge. Because here's the deal: you've gone, you know, you've gone going up in levels. So that first fight that you had at that Indian casino, not even sanctioned, mm-hmm. right? Probably pales in comparison <laughs> to the cheering, the amount of people, the hoopla, and everything that went that that went with, uh, you know, fighting Lauren Murphy in the UFC. As you go moving forward, it's so like as you go moving up, it's so easy to place more stock into the UFC fight than the one at the Indian Casino. And really and truly, they're both at their core, they're both the same thing. You've got a skill set. You're trying to beat your opponent. Your opponent has a skill set. They're trying to beat you. And I know that a lot of people, you know, go, man, you're just, ma- you're just watering it down. You're just dumbing this down so much. But really and truly, isn't that what it is? I mean, mm-hmm. you, yeah, you're in the octagon and it's like crazy in there, right? But if you can take yourself back to your gym and if you can take yourself back to the fact that you've been through every scenario possible, you just got to trust your skills and go in there. And like you said, I'm just, I'm just doing me, right? I'm just mm-hmm. doing what I do. I mean, that's it, you know, and, uh, and, and, and win, lose or draw. I mean, 
that's all that you can do. I think too many people get caught up in because it's, you know, you, you, okay, so you're, you're an expert in jujitsu, right? So you like, you would love for the fight to be more revolved around that kind of a style. You said boxing was one of your weak areas. So you'd probably, you know, unless you've gotten a lot better that you probably don't want to stand up and you don't want, you don't want hand to hand combat with somebody on their feet, right? You'd rather get them on the ground. So, but here's the thing. So many people would take your scenario and because it's UFC, all of a sudden they want to be a striker. Like all of a sudden they're wanting to be on their feet and be this expert instead of going, you know what? I'm really good at jujitsu. Like that's how I'm going to win this fight. And for some reason they feel like their, their style has to take on a different personality. And that's when you get beat. You know, the NCAA tournament's going on right now. And, and, you know, I'm thinking to myself, if there's a team that got to the, to the NCAA tournament because they're a really good three point shooting team and they don't really have a lot of size inside, then I don't understand why they would start feeding the ball inside and trying to beat somebody by going inside all the time. Cause that's just not their personality, you know? Yeah. And, and it, and, and, and it, it is part of nerves and it is part of anxiousness, right? You think to yourself, I've got to elevate myself to this level that I've never been before. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, 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 hold on. Take it, take a step back. How did I get to this level? Yeah. Oh, I got to this level because I submitted a bunch of people. Like, that's what I'm good at. So, I mean, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm getting paid to do this. Okay, so this is what I need to continue to do to be successful. And sure, when you go back to the gym, let's work on the other areas of our, you know, of our of our game, right? Let's work on the other areas of our fighting. But during the competition right now, that's not the time to try and, like, iron some of these things yeah. out, right? Yeah. So. So, you know, just keeping that in front of us and just making sure that, you know, the nerves don't do that. Thanks for listening to A Champion's Mind. As you continue to implement the content discussed here, you'll move closer and closer to performing at your utmost potential. Keep challenging yourself and don't settle until you achieve your goals. If you can't wait until the next episode to do some more work on your mental game, head over to utmostperformance.org where you can find some more content to consume. You can also like our Facebook page, Utmost Performance. We sincerely value your support as we continue to partner together to help you perform at your utmost.